and welcome to a brand new episode of Third Degree Burn. My name is Brian Hughes and I'm here with some great, great friends. I have, of course, over here, not just Tim Elliott, but his wife, Fanula. Say hi, guys. Hey, guys. Hey. And then, of course, we got John Hyatt. Hey there. And also Kirk Greenfield. Say hi, Kirk. Hi, guys. Glad to be here. Tim, you want to tell us what we're going to be covering today, tonight, this uh, evening, yes. whatever it is? I, it's uh, <laughs> still early in the evening for you guys, right? It's, it's kind of early for us. Uh, I would love to. This is going to be a special edition of Third Degree Burn. We have, or we have decided that we will be covering the Disney Plus show She-Hulk Attorney at Law. And the first episode dropped yesterday. Uh, it was entitled uh, A Normal Amount of Rage. And we are going to be covering these as they come out, hopefully very quickly. So they'll come out, you know, maybe the next day or so we'll cover it, and then we'll release it very soon so they're it's still fresh on our mind. So we've all watched the first episode, and we're going to just, you know, spend like half an hour kind of discussing it. In and the I meantime, there's, there are a couple other things that we ought to discuss. Um, before we go to the sad, I'm going to... Uh, mentioned something to you guys that I noticed today, and uh, Beth, Chris, and I already enjoyed it. A new episode of The Sandman dropped. If you've been watching that series. I have not been watching um, it. It's on Netflix, and the whole first season, uh, it apparently dropped last week when they put the show out, or two weeks ago when they put the show out. And then all of a sudden, as a surprise, another episode dropped today that was a little bit of a departure from what the regular series was. So uh, it's it's kind of interesting, and Neil Gaiman actually does a voice on it. Um, interesting. But, I never uh, I don't, I've never read Sandman. I've got the first issue, just as a you know make up kind of issue, but I've never read any of it, so I'm not I'm not familiar with Sandman at all. I, yeah, I, 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 go ahead. I was gonna say I watched like half the first episode, and I'm not I don't you know it just it looked kind of cool and gothic, but I read somewhere that um, people who are diehard fans aren't really excited about it and i don't know why you know when, when you age old, something it's the age old it, thing vanilla <laughs> they're always gonna hate it when it comes to life because it will never yeah. be exactly what they want yeah and what they hear in their head my, yeah. my son had read it and his biggest complaint about it was the recasting of uh john constantine and making it uh, a female. And the thing is, he's such a fan of Matt Ryan's portrayal of Constantine that he just couldn't connect with uh, Jana hmm. Constantine. I, I guess and, I didn't realize that it was it existed in the uh, the main DC universe. I thought it was kind of a standalone. Well, you know, the thing is, a lot of people didn't think that, you know, originally. And if I remember, you know, the the um, stories of the, of the Sandman were in the uh, golly, I'm trying to remember what the what the label was it, that DC had it under. It you know, like Marvel had it, it. Was yeah, it was like the it was the, the Vertigo. Vertigo, Vertigo, yeah. yeah. It, it was you know under the Vertigo, which is like more R-rated type it was stuff. More adult, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, the Black Orchid and and uh, other things like that. And when Crisis on Infinite Earths happened, and John Constantine appeared in that, it kind of said, well, you know, a lot of people were like, whoa, wait. You know, and I and I could be wrong in all that. I, that's just what I remember, and I remember a lot of discussion. I didn't read Sandman back then. Um, when uh, I'm 
uh, moved in with my roommate, Chris Payton, who my, my son's named after. Uh, he had read all those, and he had just these uh, numerous Sandman statues that he had put in my apartment, in, not, I mean, not in the house, in the apartment we lived in first and in the house on the mantle. And so I just saw those. I'd never, never read them, though. And so I was like, I always wanted to. And then, you know, of course, even before the series is announced, my son Chris is sitting there reading all of it digitally. And he's talking about how great it is. But I never got around to reading it. Well, sometimes shows like that will appeal to, I don't know if Nula said she wasn't necessarily her cup of tea, but uh, she watched Legion for a while. Yeah. And like that. Mm-hmm. And I, it wasn't necessarily, I didn't necessarily like it, but you watch that. And sometimes what, you know, newbies. For people that aren't familiar with books, will you know they because they they don't they're not hey I don't have anything to be disappointed I don't have a, I don't have a concept of what the show is so uh, if you're really steeped in something sometimes it doesn't uh, you're gonna to, to your point John it's never gonna be what you had in your mind so it's either gonna really disappoint somebody um, so sometimes that they, they have to kind of shoot for a much broader audience so they can't have to can't appeal just to uh, the folks that read it. Yeah, that's what they did with like Wheel of Time. Um, I didn't read all of Sandman back then, and um, but my husband did, and he likes it well enough. But he also doesn't uh, like the recasting of John Constantine because he loves Matt Ryan and he loves John Constantine. And since Constant or Constantine, sorry, uh, since Constantine kind of got the short shrift when his series was canceled. Um, we, we were really hoping that um, we'd see Matt Ryan come back and be able to uh, reprise his role and do some great stuff in this. But but overall, I liked it well enough. And since I'm not comparing it to the books in my my foggy memory or my more more recent readings, um, I'm enjoying it well enough for what it is. Just like I did with Wheel of Time, uh, I enjoyed it well enough. Yeah, uh, I heard Wheel of Time had some. Um detractors that then then think it was like your point there's everybody, everybody's somebody's gonna dislike something did yeah. uh so i think you said you read it uh why the why the last man did you watch that no i no. did that got canceled i watched I think it, I did the first season. it and i i felt that why the last man was probably I, and again, I didn't read the book. It's probably a good miniseries, but I don't see it as an ongoing series. And the TV show was played as an ongoing series, and it fell into the same traps that, you know, Walking Dead and other apocalyptic series, you know, fell into. Um, you know, it's just, you know, people thinking might makes right. And it, it, that, that was a tired trope by then. So the show didn't, as I understand, the show didn't last long. It did. I think it got prematurely canceled. Yeah, I, I got it. Yeah, well, he did. I got in like three episodes. He did. Uh, that's Brian K. Vaughn, right? Yeah, yeah. I know the book is kind of beloved. It's it's considered pretty respectable, but he did the adaptation of Stephen King's Under the Dome. I think that CBS did, and that was awful. I got halfway through the first season. It was terrible. But again, you know, the, the, the issue that, that befell Why the Last Man was that there was so much political and I don't want to call it intrigue because it wasn't intriguing. You know, you had uh, uh, well, I don't want to spoil anything because the, the story itself is a compelling story. But I mean, it there was just 
political crap from the left and the right that you had to deal with. And, you know, that's not, I mean, we're dealing with enough unpleasantness of that in reality. Why do we want to do it in something we go for entertainment? Yeah, I agree. Well, they, when they try to overlay current political ideas or situations on a story that weren't there and because they want to try to make it relevant or bring it up to date, sometimes it'll ruin it. Okay, uh, got uh, our, our another star, uh, guest stars come in, of course, with Fanula, uh, who this is Fanula's first time on mic, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. Now we've got Christopher here who's just walked in, and he's been on before. Say hi, Chris. Hello. Yeah, he's got much deeper voices. He hasn't time. been on with that deep voice. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he is huge. He is, is, he is actually a whole. Is that Chris or Barry White? Or Rick Astley. <laughs> Rick Astley, there you go. There you go. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we of course, uh, watched She-Hulk yesterday. It was uh, released. released, and we watched uh, we watched it again today, and Chris promptly fell asleep. Because I've already watched the episode. Yeah. But he, he also, we sat down and watched the, the new Sandman episode tonight, which, uh, again, was a departure from the regular series, but still equally enjoyable. I uh I've just found myself falling in love with the storyline of Morpheus and most mm-hmm. of his uh, stuff. And you got past the fact that they replaced John Constantine? No. No? no. Or, nor Lucifer, because he loved the Lucifer series. And, and what's the name of the guy? Tom Ellis. Tom Ellis, who played him on that. Lucifer. Yeah. And well, yeah. They, they replaced um, Tom Ellis with Captain Phasma. Brianna Yeah, Lady Brienne of Tarth. Uh, she's she. Yeah, Julie is a, no Gwendolyn Christie is playing Lucifer in it, and uh, I mean, I'm like, no, oh, okay, but uh, yeah. I mean, she. The, the thing is, they did really get the look of her or them right in the show. You could see it was very uh, powerful look they gave her the 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 hair everything it just kind of looked exactly like it was ripped from the comics and so were the lines too so it was a very nice uh thoughtful yeah to the original adaptation so i was very happy with that and how it all uh transpired um now of course we got the the sad news um it was announced i think earlier today that anchor extraordinaire Tom Palmer passed away at the age of 81. And, uh, you know, for most of you uh, listeners, of course, you recognize Tom Palmer from uh, X-Men The Hidden Years and uh, Starbrand. But, of course, he also did legendary runs with uh, Neil Adams uh, on the X-Men. He also worked on the Avengers with uh, John Basima for uh, several different runs. Uh, Kirk and I were looking that up earlier, and you started early back as... Was that Avengers 74? Is that what we said? Yeah. Yeah, Avengers 74 was his first issue of Avengers. Of course, he has had a long and storied career in the business. Uh, Definitely, um, you know, is one of the most well-known inkers out there. His career started all the way way back in the comics world with Doctor Strange 171 in 1968. That was a time to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. I would say he's probably... For as a known anchor, I would say he's second, or maybe equal to Terry Austin. Yeah, I, I, you know, you there are a few anchors that we know really, really well. I mean, Terry Austin, of course, is the most well known. Klaus Jansen, 
is you know up there as one of those that's incredibly well known and tom palmer is now the the thing is all three of those anchors are incredibly distinctive in what they do to the work you you know that they're going to put their footprint on it when they do their work uh that didn't always sit well with the readers like when john byrne did star brand they expected it to be john byrne art and it was really tom palmer Byrne just doing basically the breakdowns. And so when Byrne started doing Hidden Years, I think those fans that were following Byrne for Byrne art might have been, you know, less than enthused about it. But, uh, you know, regardless, I love the work. Um, You know, the work that he did on the Avengers with John Basima, the the second run, was also legendary. And uh, that was when Roger Stern was uh, writing it. I I think that's actually he did more than one one run on the Avengers. I have to really sit there and dig through it uh, to see because he's got so much work in there on so many different things. But the thing that's you know that I remember mostly is that his inking was just. Um, I think when I think when I think of John Basima's pencils, I'm really thinking more of. Uh, of his inking. Yeah. Because it's, it's moody. Yeah. Well, his inks are so distinctive uh, on the work and a lot of John's work I saw with his inks on it. So it's more him than that. Was he, I don't, for some reason I want to associate him with the Adam. Did he do any long runs on that or am I just making that up? The Adam as in yeah, the Adam. Let me let me see. I don't know I'm why I'm, I don't know why I'm making that connection, but that's uh, maybe no false. No, I don't, no, Adam. Okay. I mean, you've got you know a lot of Doctor Strange. Uh, his early work on you know his work on the X Men was very early in his career. Um, you know, in comics, then the Avengers, Chamber of Darkness, Tower of Shadows, uh, some work on Daredevil, Conan the Barbarian, and again, all this is is, is as inker uh he had some where he did full artist chores uh and those seem to be the chamber of darkness tower of shadows which i believe are more horror anthology books uh but any any of the regular comic art was typically done as inker uh like when he worked in daredevil in the 80s that was where uh gene colin of course was penciler and that's got to be in that that's yeah legendary uh, duo there on that uh, so some Tomb of Dracula and um, a lot of Doctor Strange, again, following along with Gene Colan. Um, and then he he jumped around on the superhero books, Power Man, 44, Nova. And he did some some work on Star Wars and Star Trek, uh, the, the Marvel Star Trek series. And then, uh, you know, back to Star Wars again, where he did a lot of, uh, of inking there. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Ron France had posted that he had maybe inked some of his stuff on Star Wars. Yeah, it looks that way. I mean, it looks like he covered a lot a lot of issues there. I'd say he did more than 20, 25 issues looking at that. And then, of course, uh, after the Avengers run or during the Avengers run, uh, he was working on the Black Panther series in Marvel Comics Presents. And, I mean, his career continued on and on and on. And I'm looking at he worked all the way up to 
uh, a Hawkman series at DC in 2019, and then one issue of Immortal Hulk in 2020. It's pretty good for being in his 80s, or yeah, late 70s. It would have been 79, yeah. So, so I mean, you know, our hat off to to Tom Palmer. Uh, may you rest in peace. What are we talking about tonight? <laughs> well, the, to bring us back up to a well, hopefully to bring us up to a to a more cheerful note, we are well. Let's let's go and get into uh, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Do we want to kind of just talk about this? This is our kind of our first show for this. We want to talk about it generally. Does somebody want to kind of give a breakdown of the synopsis? I mean, the spoiler well, warnings. We are going to be spoiling this episode, so if you haven't seen it. Turn off yeah. now. It's, it's her origin story. Yeah, it is. It is <laughs> to see all the they various gonna... incarnations of of She Hulk. Well, I mean, really, isn't there just two incarnations of She Hulk? At least it, it, in, that that we're aware of from the the the. Huh. I guess the modern age or the, the, the bronze and Marvel age of comics. When she came out in 1980, she was a savage She-Hulk and then she was sensational She-Hulk. Yep. And I know that in modern day, they've done a lot more with her, a lot of different changes. She's more of like a, or she has at least been more of a savage Hulk. Um, in in well, more yeah, recent times. She was, they had her all bulked up for a while. Yeah, and she was more powerful or something. It was. It was. I, I'm not reading current comics, so I don't know what's going on. But uh, I was. I'm curious as to because we've only seen one episode. How obviously they are pulling from John Byrne because she does break the fourth wall and talks about it occasionally. <laughs> not a lot. I mean, she did. She just. Gee, when she did it to do it and to kind of start the episode off, but. I'm wondering if how heavily they're going to borrow, borrow from Byrne because, um, and it is going to be just the fourth wall breaking because she well, didn't. Gave, yeah, Go ahead, they, they gave him. They gave Byrne special thanks in the credits. Very low in the credits. Uh, you know, it's not like it was a a banner kind of thing. And even on the very special thanks, he wasn't the first person that they they thanked. Um, That's because they did it alphabetically. Could have been. Yeah. No, not could have been. It was alphabetically. I checked. Ah. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. I didn't. <laughs> well, who else did they say? I mean, I, I know that She-Hulk was, I think, Stan Lee's last <coughs> original character that he created for Marvel. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't read all that. I just, you know, because someone else had actually put up a screen grab of it and they highlighted Byrne's name on there. Yeah. And it was like, you know, the incredibly small line that you read in the doctor's office when you're doing the vision test. Right. I mean, you, you look a little line lower and it says made in China. So, right. yeah, very hard to. Well, very hard to catch. So let's let's go around the um, table here and just everybody just give your impression of what you think about it. Start with you, Brian. Well, it, it was fun. And, I mean, this is supposed to be a comedy series. And that's a departure from the other series that they've done. Uh, the other series has has humor in it, but it's not, you know, made to be a humorous tale. Where this is definitely made to be a humorous tale. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get her name right. Tatiana Maslany 
who plays Jen and the, you know, they, they get her motion capture for the She-Hulk scenes, uh, is really good at portraying us. And she is tiny. Um, so I had a lot of fun with the first, first episode. I didn't expect it to be, you know, all John Byrne kind of humor, uh, or, you know, and I would have liked for her to maybe fuss at the writers or something, but she's not doing that. She's talking to us more of an, Ferris Bueller kind of way, not a Deadpool kind yeah. of way. Well, so she, yeah, she does acknowledge I've, that it's a show. I mean, she's she does mention she was, she calls it a lawyer show. So it's it's oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. The way she would would admit, you know, she would acknowledge that she was a comic book character, but uh, they may. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm hoping they 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 uh, lean into that more because. Uh, I know it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a comedy, but I thought it was the humor was not nearly as sharp as Burns' humor. It was kind of low hanging fruit type humor. It was uh, pretty expected. So I'm hoping they can tighten it up and get a little more witty because he had a lot of fun with that when he was having her break the wall and just the, the comedy in it. And this yeah, kind she, of by where the book's she would talk to Burn and. In, in this case, you're dealing with uh, the creator, writer of the show, Jessica Gao, I believe it is, G-A-O, um, who's, you know, she's the one, she's the showrunner and she's the writer or head mm-hmm. writer. So you'd hope that, that you know, she's the one that's, um, you know, that she would actually talk about her or to her during the course of the show. But it hasn't happened yet. All right. Well, John, what do you think? I thought it was a lot of fun. I, uh, yeah, I didn't quite know what to expect, but um, uh, I liked it. I thought it, I, I loved the uh, guest appearance of Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. Uh, a lot of lot of good chemistry between the two actors for sure, which made it really seem like uh, the, they had known each other for a while, and and there was a personal relationship. I like that. And I like that they kept the uh, the cousin connection there uh, between Bruce and Jen. Uh, of course, they they changed the way that she gets the Hulk powers uh, slightly, but um, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And uh, I, I and don't know what you know since we don't know since it was a flashback, it was the origin. We don't have a lot about how it's going to work as attorney at law aspect of things, but. Of course, she got revealed, so uh, we know now. Everyone knows she's the She-Hulk, so there goes any uh, idea of a secret identity kind of well, aspect of things. And, yeah, and I uh, couldn't I, tell if that was was her like public reveal in the courtroom because obviously her friend knew she was when she went in. She was, oh, you can always do your Hulk thing or whatever. She's, and she's yeah, like, she, no, she no. mentioned she mentioned yeah. that her friend and Bruce are the only ones that know. No. So yeah, she, she did mention that before she went into the, the courtroom uh, to defend the case. So uh, yeah, it was, it, I really liked it. Um, I don't think they're going to pull a lot from the burn stories because I think they're setting it in the Marvel cinematic universe. So much like What If, the What If series, right? It's I think this is going to be based all around the cinematic universe stuff. So they might pull some elements in here and there, but ultimately I think it's going to be uh, the style of the fourth wall, a la whatever Wonder Years was and all that stuff where they have characters talking to the audience uh, and uh, the sensational She-Hulk. But 
um, yeah, you know, we're looking forward to it. Um, my husband really enjoyed it. This is his favorite Marvel series so far off of one episode, and he never <laughs> does that off of one episode, um, or rarely. I mean, we really like Ms. Marvel, and we really like Hawkeye. So um, for him, this really bounced that off already. So we're really looking forward to seeing what comes up. That's good. Vanilla? You know, I, I liked it. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a big comic book person, so I don't have a point of reference. Not like, uh, guys, I got to tell you, we were watching it and Tim was doing his thing or he was like in the background going, well, that's not really how it happened and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, chill <laughs> out. We're ch- <laughs> he does I, it all I didn't time. invite you on the show. I'm like, just anyway. <laughs> no, I, I liked it. Um, the, the one gripe I had, and I think this is probably me just overreading it, but when she finds out she's going to be the Hulk, she like I would have flipped out. That could have been the whole show. Like she finds out the Hulk and how it's going to change her life. But she was kind of like, oh, that's really an inconvenience, and then just kept moving on with it. And I think Tim and I talked about this for twenty minutes because, like, if you watch a vampire movie, like a good solid thirty minutes is like how their life's going to change and blah blah blah. And she was just like, meh, okay, you know. But uh, yeah, I liked it. It was kind of light, and the joke that she made um, when. He's like, well, you know, you get up. I can't remember the line, but, you know, all you have to do is get really upset. And she's like, well, that's that's my life all the time. I was like, I can relate to that, you know. So I like the, I like the whole feminist, feminist angle of it. Um, you would. Shut no. up. <laughs> no. But it was good. Well, we did we did that. talk about we thought that the language is always, I mean, I oh, don't know if this is necessarily geared towards kids. But the yeah. la- language was a little more blue than I would imagine for, for a, kind of a light comedy. Well, not even that. Like, comedies are, you know, you cuss yeah. them, it's not a big thing. But, like, halfway through, I was like, this is on Disney, right? Because, yeah. you know, it's... They wanted they wanted to be kind of edgy, you know, and they, they uh, you know, just... Yeah. I think it just needs to be funnier. It might get funnier, you know. Yeah, I know, like, absolutely can get funnier. But but. Let's, don't, let's don't leave out our, uh, our ailing Kirk. <laughs> what do you think, Kirk? Before... Before Kirk goes on, um, not to diminish what you said, Fanula, about her freaking out, but in the comics, she didn't freak out either when she found out she was stuck as the She-Hulk. So maybe they kind of pulled that element into it. Remember in the uh, the big graphic novel, yeah, yeah, they had that one page where it was like, well, you're stuck being the She-Hulk, and there was like four panels of the exact same thing, and she's like, and what's the bad news? (laughs) Well, Well, they, they, they did establish that, unlike, she doesn't she doesn't become like a rage monster like Banner, but her the way her personality changed was that she was much more um, uh, not inhib- uninhibited, uninhibited as the yeah. Hulk. She was much freer and more of a carefree. You know, she enjoyed being the She Hulk, and mm-hmm. so when obviously when she got stuck that way, it was fine because she had you know she had a relationship with White Wingfoot. Ooh, I won't think of bring him in. Hmm. Well, I mm-hmm. guess that makes sense. You don't want to like just rewrite the Hulk as a female you know i mean that yeah. wouldn't nobody's gonna follow that so and, that, and that's the other point is that they didn't ever you know for her show her the dark side of what having the, this ability does you know they don't they didn't have her cause massive destruction in some place and realize oh my gosh i've got to be careful bruce help me well i would like to see a little more of a struggle i mean if you're suddenly you can suddenly bench 70 tons, then if you're picking up anything, you're going to be crushing it. You're going to be, yeah. you know, you're yeah. going to have to be careful about what you do. And I'd like, I'd like to see a little more of that. Yeah. 
Well, for this reason, I'm glad that it's a woman that's writing and running the show. Otherwise, we'd have a whole episode of her trying to figure out what makeup to use as a green woman. Yeah, but I would and be we- down for that. I could watch a whole episode. <laughs> well, that, well, yeah, no, how do you match your complexion? That's if you're what I'm green. saying. Like for ten minutes, I kept thinking, "Man, if that was the Hulk, like how do you find shoes? And like how do you do? Like you just think about all this weird stuff, right?" But well, what would that be if she has? She's she's normally you know she's her human form. She puts her blush and makeup and all that stuff on and matches her skin tone. Then she hulks out. Is she suddenly green with this tan face, or is it? Does it hulk? <laughs> does it take all the makeup off of her? Or like stretch marks, right? Do you get? Oh my guess? gosh. That's- that's so funny <laughs> to even think about that. Yeah, is, is, is she green with blush now or yeah. foundation yeah. or whatever? Yeah, because yeah. her fake eyelashes like pop off because it does Well, that would stretch. be it. She'd be like, I can't wear makeup anymore small. because yeah. if I do a Hulk out, then I look terrible. Yeah, well, and, and in all seriousness, like, because, you know, when the Hulk, and I'm thinking like the TV show, he would Hulk out, but he always still had pants on, right? And then... And the, the scene where she like hulks out in the courtroom and I was like, oh my God, what are they going to leave on her? Like this, just in my view, I was like, this is going to be key that well, you guys keep it. Banner said cool. in the show, spandex is your best friend. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yep. <laughs> or this would be a great time to introduce unstable molecules. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think they can actually get that yeah. later. Well, they have to, in, in, they have to um, introduce the Fantastic Four first for that. That's true. Reed's the one who created that. True, true, true. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. too geeky. Sorry, Kirk. Kirk we kind think? of capitalized the uh, talk here, so. Well, it's great. <laughs> I echo all your comments. I especially like the feminist vibe, the the topics. I thought it didn't hit you over the head, but it was very clearly uh, there. I enjoyed the fact that it's so clearly there. Um, I, you know, I was a little surprised to see them go through. The incarnations of Savage She-Hulk initially through uh, uncontrolled transformations to controlled to I'm okay with this and no, I'm not the same as you, Bruce. Let's, you know, let me get back to my life. Let's get on with it. I like that a great deal. Uh, But I do have a couple of questions. When they get to the court, and spoilers here, when they get to the courtroom, did anybody recognize the defendant? I think I don't. I had the impression that she was a prosecutor, not a defense attorney. Yeah, she was. But who, I think who so. she who was she against? Did anybody recognize the person who was on trial? I didn't. I mean, it sounded like like Roxon or something, like some. Well, and that's the thing. So when when she was outside the bar, there was a Roxon oil sign out there. So I think they're going to be prevalent in that. Maybe. And they've already got a history in the in the Marvel televised universe. They were on Cloak and Dagger. Oh, I forgot about Cloak and Dagger. The other session that I had was uh, right at the end, the mid-credits sequence. Um, There there seemed to be a couple of uh, scenes that had been taken out. Um, I only watched this about an hour, hour and a half ago, so I didn't stop and rewind it because I took a nap in between. But there's there's an ongoing fixation that she's trying to discuss or get a logical argument constructed as she's discussing with Bruce about Captain America's history. And she's leading to something <laughs> that yeah. uh, you all know what I'm talking about yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give it away. But when, as they get to the, the payoff to the end and she's finally getting to her point, it's cut in mid words. 
Um, yeah, that that it's again, a very we're talking about the, blackout. The language that's a little because you know what she's saying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely know what she's saying. That's just like at the end of the end of Spider Man. Well, but it's just like at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home, they ended it with uh, what the and, you know, they cut it there. And here they just did the same thing. But, Kirk, there's there's no point in mincing words here about what they're talking about, because that right there was the most talked about subject of the show today amongst all the people having their conversations. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, did Steve Rogers, you know, basically was Captain America a virgin? Or when? Well, did, at what point did he lose his virginity? I, and that's that a became, rather personal question, though, you think? I mean, we are talking about a comic book and a movie character, so who cares? Well, but, well the question is, Bruce knows. Did did Steve tell Bruce? Yeah. I, mean, that's, that's, I don't think that's something that Steve Rogers would necessarily talk about. And we've proved that he can't get drunk, so he didn't do it in a drunken fit. Oh, uh, I don't know, Tim. Uh, guys are guys, no matter what you're well, They're still going to talk. Tony's father. You know, Tony's father would know. And and that's the, the thing. He, he may have well, passed that information down to Tony. Well, then, Tony and then if Tony knew, he would tell everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see there. <laughs> yeah. I agree there. There you go. Did you, what catch, you, guys... Easter egg? Did you catch, catch the Easter egg of... The Iron Man mask when she wakes up and doesn't know where she's at. Yeah, it's damaged. It. It's a damaged Iron Man mask, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I that made me wonder where she was going going if she was in a supervillain lair or what have you. That's the one <laughs> Easter egg that I saw. Were there any others? Well, the the, the one uh, before we do that though, we ought to should give Chris a chance to say what he felt about that. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Chris is still here. Sorry, Chris. We didn't mean to. But he. He had to step out for a moment. His mother called him, and he came back. So it's it's okay. Um, overall, my uh, my opinion about the show is it's uh, it's funny. It's got a got it's got a lot of good humor. You know, stuff that will appeal to most audiences. Uh, nothing really bothered me about the show, like at all. I mean, there was I have nothing really bad to say about it. Uh, I mean, yeah, no, it's just uh, I like. The thing I liked the most about the episode, though, was the fact that she, like, hinted towards all that, you know, trauma that uh, Banner has. Especially knowing now they're coming out with a World War Hulk movie. Yeah, and that seems to... The the Sicarian bit and uh, just Banner's uh, demeanor makes me wonder you know, if that's what they're wanting to do, if they're wanting to make a World War Hulk uh, as, as I understand it, they're getting the rights to the Hulk himself back. So well, that's, I think Marvel's kind of admitted that they <coughs> don't know quite what to do with the Hulk. Um, and I'm not, I'm not super crazy about Professor Hulk or Smart Hulk, whatever we're calling him, the Ruffalo Hulk. Um, yeah, I thought it was okay when Peter David was doing that with uh, Dale Keown was still drawing him because that was a different take and it was a you know. They occasionally do that. You're going to have a smart Hulk for a while in the show, and then he's going to always go back to being uh, brainless Hulk. But And they kind of have to do that now if they've got the She-Hulk. Otherwise, you have two smart Hulks running around, and what's the fun of that? Well, if they're doing World War Hulk, then they probably will have him yeah. lose yeah. control no, or yes. something. The, the original Rage Monster is definitely going to come back. But 
I mean, the first episode, I really still don't have anything to, you know, complete an opinion on. Because I'm still trying to think about it. Because there's more I want to see. More I want to know about the character. But, I mean, the thing I'm honestly most excited for is to see Daredevil in his yellow suit. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. Well, I think, so, Chris, the most important question is, did you find She-Hulk hot? I don't know if I would say that. <laughs> Attractive, but... I <laughs> who asked that question? That was Tim. He asked. That was me. Yeah, that, that I asked the hard-hitting questions. Come on. Vanula, hit him. <laughs> no, well, it makes you guys feel bad. So we're in his office, and now he's got all these toys in here. I'm never allowed to touch him. But now I'm sitting here taking apart a Lego, and he's losing his mind because he can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's because she's losing parts of it. <laughs> so. It's my Ultraman Lego I bought at the uh, the Japanese oh, dollar store. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. And but you know what's going to happen? Are you going to pick up pieces? Yeah, well, I, it's, it, it's, it's Legos, but it's like micro Legos. They're tiny, tiny little Lego pieces. I never get oh, to do this. I'm going to step on it. No, no, I'm going to go open up one of those Funko Pops in a minute. I don't care. I don't oh, like oh, my Funko Pop. Okay. <laughs> oh, you've, got, you've got the cowbell. Well, what did you guys but, think of Titanium? Oh, that was my other Is question. Is that who that was? I think it's supposed to be Titania. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be Titania. Her it was awful. I saw, I saw her for like two seconds, and she was very forgettable. So, Well, I, I just... It was just a little, it, it was one of those, I know it's supposed to be a comedy series, so, you, you know, not everything has to make sense, but it was just like, it, it was just a written moment where it happened rather than an organic kind of thing. Well, you know, that would have been a great, a great time for, you know, she breaks through the, you know, she breaks through the, the wall, and that would have been a great time for her to turn to the camera and go, who's this? Or, you know, now look what I've got, you know, do something, address it to the audience, because we're saying the same thing. Who is this character? Why is this thing happening? And Especially while I'm giving my speech. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we get Titania, I wonder if we're going to get Absorbing Man. Yeah, or she turns around like, really? <laughs> yeah, something like that. That's the kind of stuff Byrne would do. You know, or like, oh, you think I, you know, I this is what I get from my first villain? Something like that. And there may be that, more of that coming up. I've I've heard people that have seen more of it really like it, so maybe it, it you know, this is kind of a rough start. It's going to pick up more uh, as it goes along. So, and I've also heard rumors, and I wonder what you guys think of this is that that, and I didn't catch this, but at one point Banner says, "There's just the three of us left in the family." Like he's hinting at there's another cousin or a, another relative. It's so got to be her father. Her father? Yeah, it father? should be her father. Yeah. Oh, that's well, right. Yeah, her father. People speculate alive. we may get a red She-Hulk, and it won't be it won't be um, uh, Betty Brant or not Betty Brant, Betty Ross. 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 It won't be Ross, but it could be another because he's already established that because they share, they have some special about their genetics that allows them to process gamma radiation. So if there is another um, Banner or Banner relative, then we could have another Hulk-like character that's interesting you know we know we're going to get the abomination we know that yeah we yeah. to see him make his return and wong we're going to get wong. Comes, yeah wong shows up and so they, um, 
curious of her because I don't know who her. She didn't really have any really when Burn was doing her. She didn't really have any standard villains. She had. No, no, she always got the, the D-list villains. Yeah. That was the that the was a joke. Pastiche of the book, you know. Maybe we'll get Razor back. Wong has really become like a Stanley cameo character at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see him on TV talking about Tide Pods. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, I just want to see more what they're going to do. I mean, especially with the release of uh, from San Diego Comic Con all the phase five and phase six stuff and all the new street level heroes we're going to be getting soon, you know, and that daredevil born again. So with uh, the introduction of the she Hulk series and you know how she's, you know, going out on the streets, I'm just excited to see what they do. Uh, I'm just going to have to be patient with the show because still kind of off to a slow start. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the, one thing I found out was that the uh, origin part was actually going to be told at the end, and they were going to get right into the law story. But they decided to go ahead and restructure it and put it at the beginning, and I think it was a smart move. I do, too. Yeah, it was you nice to kind of bookend it. Yeah, you bookend it with, uh, with the law stuff. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, it may not be my cup of tea, but at least, you know, it doesn't have to be. You know, these shows aren't necessarily made for everybody, so I may not... It may not appeal to me, but it sounds like everybody else liked it, so that's good. So, uh, I do got a question for y'all. What has been your favorite superhero TV show to come out this year? This year? Well, better give us a short list here, because I haven't seen them all. Peacemaker, we've got, we've got Peacemaker, Moon Knight. Uh, of course, the She-Hulk series has just come out. Miss Marvel, you had Loki, oh, yeah. Moon Knight, Daredevil. Silver. I think mine's so far is like a tie between Peacemaker and Moon Knight. I, I really can't decide between those two. I thought Moon Knight was okay. I wanted more Moon Knight in my Moon Knight, but I like the whole Egyptian thing. Like I, that was kind yeah, of yeah, that was yeah. That's yeah. It, it, it was more of a little standalone because yeah. it was kind of. But Peacemaker was separate. hilarious. Peacemaker was funny except yeah. they kind of made him an idiot compared to what he was in James Gunn's film. Um, and I think the other thing too is like, certain. sorry, Brian. I was going to say the other thing no, too no, is I, like, like I again, I'm not like I'm not, I don't religiously follow the comics, so I don't have a point of reference. So I'm like a general audience member. So for me, it's like the appeal of, oh, it's fun to look at, or it's. And you know, I think you're the audience. They're trying to yeah, they're trying to appeal exactly. to people that don't necessarily so. they have a just a cursory I you know idea of what's going on. Yeah, they kind of have to like Fisher at price a little bit for uh, yeah those of yeah, us that they, they have to. Uh, to everybody. So I think with uh, Sandman that's recently come out, I think that one's probably going to be my favorite so far. That one's been, I've just enjoyed that one thoroughly. The only, like you guys were talking about earlier, Joanna Constantine was the only part that kind of like bothered me. And, and Lucifer. Well, not so much anymore, but like the, the Joanna Constantine character is what really bothered me. Did they at least <clears> make her British? Yes, yes. It was just the. Oh yes, if you're if you're truly evil, you must be British. <laughs> That's just science. Just accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Or> Irish. 
So I don't know. Maybe, maybe Matt Ryan wasn't available to bring back the character or something, else, so they wanted to just recast it. Uh, who knows? But um, yeah, um, my favorite so far. It's really tough because there's some been some good ones this year. I really enjoyed Hawkeye. Really enjoyed Ms. Marvel, and I uh, I wouldn't say Moon Knight's up at the top, but um, I did enjoy Moon Knight a lot. How many episodes in Moon Knight? I think there's six. eight or is it six eight or eight? Ten. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm not. not I've not seen any of them yet, so maybe I will uh, binge watch or do you something. You can binge them pretty that. quick because I think most of them are forty minutes, forty five yeah, minutes. They're, they're not they're that long. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna be old school myself on the the comic book series so far. I, I I'm gonna go with Superman and Lois has been my favorite this year. Uh-huh. And if you guys didn't hear the news, uh, the one actor that plays Jonathan has quit the show. You know, you got the two brothers, Jordan and Jonathan. Oh. Jordan's the one that's got the the superpowers, and Jonathan's the other one. And for whatever reason, he's left the show. Uh, they haven't said, you know, he hasn't or they haven't stated if there's a specific reason, but they're going to recast him because he's got an important storyline coming up. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen so, that because that's on. Maybe he gets exposed mm-hmm. to red kryptonite. That's what changes his appearance. There you go. Hey, that's perfect. That's a, yep. that's a perfect uh, way to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a CW show. And it's it, on HBO Max. Yeah, it's on HBO Max now. Okay. But um, and, and that's one show that's definitely continuing forward in the whole Warner Brothers shakeup. And as I understand it, we're going to get Titans season four starting in October. But that will be the last season of the live action Titans show. Yeah, I got to be honest. I'm I've fallen out of love with the, with the show. I'm done with Titans. They did yeah. they did nightmare so dirty. I started well, watching I Titans. Just, I think. I haven't watched all of it. And I've got Stargirl, but I haven't watched any of that either. I hear that's good. So, uh, Brian, we, we shouldn't be calling this a Warner Brothers shakeup. Shouldn't we be calling it the Warner Brothers implosion? <laughs> you know, the implosion was was Ezra Miller. Oh, God, don't even remind me. Yeah, and, and he's finally and, you know, working to get help, and he's put out an apology... Uh, he's apology, saying, non-apology, whatever. Yeah. Well, it's I've got some experimental his, issues, and no, need to get it help. was his PR team that apologized mm-hmm. for him. <laughs> well, yes. yeah, it's a you better apologize if you still want a career kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, if you want this movie out, you need to do this. Yeah, and unfortunately, the show Batgirl. I want to see Batgirl even more than maybe this. Maybe this is like the uh, the the new Coke. Switch. They're like, oh, we're going to show Batgirl to get everyone excited about it, and then they'll bring it back. I've got to say my uh, my piece here about Bat, uh, Batgirl and uh, the Superwoman movie that was supposed to be coming out and uh, and uh, releasing. I did not want those to be made. It was Supergirl. It, no, no it was Superwoman. Okay. They from the Flash movie that's coming out, and the thing is, I've heard that they're going to completely. Uh, get rid of Ben Affleck as Batman and replace him with Michael Keaton, which, in my opinion, is just a bad choice. Uh, the, and then I also heard that they were getting rid of Superman, too, completely and replacing him. And so I was like, if they make these movies, you know, the DC universe is just kind of screwed. Well, that was a rumor you, know, you were hearing that they were doing this to phase out Batman and replace him with Batman. 
woman and phase out Superman and replace him with Superwoman or Supergirl or, or whatever that we were calling, calling her. Um, yeah. So it's just, I, I liked Henry Cavill as Superman. I just didn't care too much for what Zack Snyder did for him. So, you know, to see what happened there just kind of disappointed me. And I hope he, you know, gets a sequel with some better writers and, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if we'll ever get Cavill back as. I know he wants to do it, but I don't know if we'll ever get him back as Superman. It's just the timing of it now with everything else that's going on. There was some chatter the other day of that they're in in negotiations with him to be James Bond, but I think he's too old at this point to start. No, he can. I you think he can do it. In, but I don't. Yeah, he think could do it. But he wouldn't be able to do it for as long as you know. I mean, obviously not as long as Daniel Craig. Uh, no, I'm definitely and, like team. Idris Elba, if we're going to get a new 007. Idris Elba is too old. Idris Elba, 10 yeah. years ago, would be perfect. Good. If they wanted to do, no, Idris, like, be now. more diverse. Monday morning, 8.01. He's, he's too old now. He's not too old. <laughs> well, he, you could, now, if you want to do a standalone... Sean Connery's... Dub, how old? Well, I guess he wasn't old then. Yeah. If you want to do a standalone, this is an aging Bond, then Idris Elba <laughs> could easily do it. I mean, he's still physical, but he's and it's, he's probably at least 50 in me. Oh my God, he's uh, so 50, old then. 49. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> if you if they want to they want to try to reboot it and deal with the younger Bond, then mm-hmm. you just hope it can't do it. Yeah, but yeah, but if you did, if you were there, there's talk that you know it would be really cool to get the the big directors of today each to do their own Bond movie that they could set in whatever era they wanted. And like, uh, what's his name that did uh, Inception and the the Dark Knight trilogy? Um, Christopher Nolan. Chris Nolan, you know, get him to do one, and uh, Gally, I don't even remember who they said for the other ones, but I, you know, it was an interesting idea. But that'll make they'll ever go for that anthology. Uh, yeah. They want them all to link together. They want to have some kind of. Everybody wants a, a linked universe now. I, so. I, I thought the that doing that central storyline plot in the Daniel Craig movies was a disservice. Yes, and I agree. Really, really oh yeah, as far yeah as that, was, that was a mistake trying to link it all. But they still, you, I think they still want one actor to, as a through line for all the films. If um, yeah, I, mean, I think having an anthology like that is great because you could have all number of people doing it. You could do do Cold War stories. You could do modern day stories. You could do all kinds of stuff. And El- Elbow would be perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Cavill could do it. You could get yeah, you could get a woman to play Jamie Bond, okay, or Jane Bond or <laughs> something. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you you just create another character and do it like that. You don't need yeah. to you do a no who Jinx. Oh, I mean, <laughs> she'd be called like Double O Eight or something like well, that. They they were gonna uh, give what's her name Double O Nine. That was um, she was what Captain Marvel in Multiverse of Madness because oh. she was Double O Seven in the last Bond movie, and then of course at the very end she says, "Well, let's give." You know, James Bond, the 007 moniker back. I'll take whatever. Well, then he's dead, so she gets it right back. Spoiler. Oh, come on. You just spoil the movie. (laughs) I did spoil it, but that movie is, what, a year and a half old? I've never watched it. Most of us have not seen it. COVID. But then again, I've never, like, gone out of my way to go for a Daniel Craig James Bond movie. I think it's on Amazon, Kirk, so... Yeah. If I really spoiled that movie for you, Kirk, I apologize. You did. Oops. We'll see. That's okay. I'll catch it one of these days. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a subject for another time. I think for a Paul Spataro uh, show, is, is it John? Yeah. Oh, no. um, talking to Bond there. Trying to trying to get this back on track to She-Hulk. Um, uh, back to the bins is doing an Avengers spotlight that is dealing with the Avengers dissembled storyline, the four part storyline that basically ends uh, the, the prior Silver Age story of the Avengers and sets up the modern day uh, Brian Bendis Avengers. Anyways, the, the reason why I'm mentioning this is they have already covered the first issue, which was Avengers 500, in which the She-Hulk hulks out and is one of the most savage, beastal hulks you've ever seen. And they've, uh, they've dealt with that. They've talked about that on that podcast. And I thought it was a very, very effective uh, uh, discussion. It's a, it's a period, a transitional period that deserves looking at. So if you want to see the modern take on the Savage She-Hulk, she's only in it for that first issue, as I recall. And then, oh, sorry, 500 and 501. She's in it for a very brief period as they tie up that storyline at the beginning of the second one. It's worth listening to. It's worth reading. Hmm. Uh, but it's, it's might, might look look that up. I, I need to break in right now. Uh, Chris here is getting ready to go to bed, so he's going to say his goodbyes. Goodbye. All right. Well, I think uh, we can uh, wrap it up too, because I think we're going to have to get off the air. You guys can continue, well, but I, Elliot, you're going to have, have to take out. I did have one I wanted to ask everybody, and we'll let Chris say his goodbyes now. But I have a question I want to ask the rest of you real quick. Go ahead. What's the question? The question is, what did you guys think of Tatiana Maslany? As both, you know, she, Jennifer, Jennifer Walters and the She-Hulk. I was haven't heard a complaint about the CGI, like I've been hearing from all the commercials. Uh, I did not. When she, like, transformed in the lab, I thought it looked weird. When she, like, walked out, when her mouth was open, it just didn't look right. It didn't look human. Hmm. So what about the actress herself? What about her performance? It was... I, I need to see more to understand, you know, to really give my two cents. Don't really have an opinion yet. I'm not going to form an opinion really until the end of the show. And then once that happens, I'll be able to give like a full. Chris, you don't understand how this oh. works. You have to immediately hate yeah. it or like it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> love, it, love, love it or hate it. Or... Love it or hate it. God, uh, uh, borderline love, I guess. Oh, well, there you go. So. Yeah. I, I I'll found give you the benefit of the doubt. I'll, you know, I yeah. that's not how I envisioned Jennifer Walters, but the the actress is so compelling and quick witted and good with her lines. I will give her the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to watch the whole series. So a thumbs up for me. Good. Good. I, I I kind of personally found her, and maybe this is the way she was written. I found her a little irritating, and maybe that's yes. the way she was supposed to be, but. Yeah, I liked her. I, I, it's hard, like if if it's the actual actress, you can kind of judge the acting. But if it's her voice on a CGI Hulk, it's like it's kind of yeah. hard to gauge it. So I'm kind of with kind of with Chris. I'm like, I, give me a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah, because we didn't see a lot of. We saw probably as much her as Hulk as her yeah, in human form. The fact is, is that we we bought into Mark Ruffalo as a CGI Hulk. More than we did Ed Norton's. Ed Norton's still needed a lot of work. 
Man, no, I got to be honest. I love Ed Norton's design way more than I love the current day Hulk. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I just think the CGI has really improved so much. Yeah, but that's I, organic. Well, he I looks too much like that, Ruffalo now. Originally, he it, looked, he resembled Ruffalo. Now he looks just like Mark Ruffalo, but green. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when you saw Ed Norton's Hulk, I was like, damn, he about to beat Abomination's ass. <laughs> but now I just look at him and I'm like, Okay. Well, Norton Talk was a little too veiny. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, again, each iteration that we see, when we're looking at the, the smart Hulk, as he calls it, he's definitely not, you know, not vicious like he was. I mean, you look at him in Avengers, and that's the first time that we see Ruffalo as the Hulk, and, and it's the different Hulk than what we're seeing now. And probably we're going to see something different later. Well, but the, the point is, is that you buy it, and, you know, it's there, there's not any point where you, you're complaining about that CGI. When I see Jen as the She-Hulk here, it makes me think a little bit of Sigourney Weaver in uh, Avatar. And again, that was seamless there. This is just a green version of that. It's the transitions mostly, I think, that throw everybody off. But I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll reserve judgment on that and see how it looks over the next couple of episodes. But I think they've had plenty of time to polish it up and make it look better than the previews yeah, the, did. The CGI and, wasn't as bad as everybody was complaining about when the first when the first trailers came yeah. out. I mean, it's yeah, movie, yeah, it's no. movie budget CGI. It's not going to be multi you know multiplex two hundred million dollar movie budget. So it's you know it's it's okay for for a TV budget. Uh, just I, for I reference, I think Jenna's going to do a good job. She her performances in Orphan Black was fantastic. So she's got the chops to do this, and I think she'll be able to pull out the stops and uh, make it happen. Yeah, we will see. Yeah, Chris is Chris is correcting us here, saying that he should be referred to as Professor Hulk. Yeah, he's Professor Hulk. Yeah, Yeah, but in in the show itself, he called himself Smart Hulk. He doesn't call himself that. Other people named him. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. but I mean, he says that that's what he called him, or what he's called. You got to go with it. These this things have follows, a life of their own. This follows the <laughs> Professor Hulk storyline, which I do have to say was kind of uh, iffy. But uh, other than that, I do have to uh, go to bed, guys. I'm happy you had me here on the show. And uh, You'll be back? A, yes, I'll be back. Uh, yeah. we, we, we'll plan, we plan to cover back. these as they come out weekly. So, so Yep, weekly. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I'll probably be back in like two or three weeks when I've gotten more. No, you get, you're coming back next week. I'm coming back. You're coming back next week. Drinking Coke before. That's right. You, get you, need, you need to up, up your game. You're too low key. You're like you're like uh, Andrew Leyland's son when he first started podcasting. You're real low key. Well, I'm just not trying to impose on anybody here. <laughs> Chris, I'm but. right there with you. You got to read the room. And then yeah. four or five episodes in, you just start dropping the f bombs and the. No, no we're, we're a family show. I don't want to have to I go mean, through and edit it, out your. This is not even a family show. We're talking about the She Hulk, and they dropped like the f bomb, and he was calling, you know, wow. that was a D move. So hey, right, she can right. do it. We yeah. can do it. True. We we, we usually <laughs> have on, on some of those, but you know, I don't have to edit out your. Uh, have to bleep out your. No. Don't need to bleep me out. Yeah. Kirk, you should hear Kirk. He swears like a sailor. Oh, I object, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> no, just when he's on TV, giving the news. Well, Chris, it was nice talking to you. Thanks, Chris. 
I could. It was nice yeah. to meet you all, too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're sure. always welcome. Anything else we need to cover for the good of the order? Getting late. No, it is, yeah. And I think, yeah, it's, I know it's getting late for us, and it's later and later for you guys, and even later for you, Kirk. Um, I think this is a good good start. Uh, we're going to keep these kind of brief. It's not going to be our normal two-hour run. So um, I think this is a good start. We'll, we'll be back next week, cover episode two, see how this thing picks up. It's either going to go up or it's going to go into the toilet. <laughs> yeah, I do have a suggestion that we all drink more alcohol before we start recording next week. I have no problem with That's that. That's just I, a suggestion. I, uh, I had a little too much alcohol on Wednesday, so I'm not drinking tonight. Ah. <laughs> well, I got to meet gotcha. all the guys from Friday Night Tights. <clears throat> so. you know, that actually, that brings up a point. You know, the, they had that scene there where he's sitting there talking about the perks of being the Hulk. And apparently the perks of being the Hulk is that you don't get drunk. You can't get a buzz. That kind of sucks. I mean, yeah, you don't want to get dropped, you know, fall down drunk. But a lot of people don't drink for the taste. A lot of people drink for the buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Very not everybody's looking at it as a taste. plus. No, I said the same thing to Tim. I was like, what's the point? Like, if he had said you can eat all the cake in the world you want, I'd be like, I'd be down for that. But, yeah, that's different. You know? <laughs> if I get all the carbs and not have to put that's on right. any weight, then yeah, that's worth Chicken it. Chicken and waffles <laughs> all day long. Right. And now the Hulk is supposed to be what a thousand pounds or two thousand pounds? I think he's about a yeah. little, no, he's I think oh, Hot Music got him at like twelve hundred pounds. And then She Hulk is supposed to be seven hundred pounds because yeah, she didn't look six fifty or seven hundred. Well, she's yeah. very dense. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. All, All right. right. Anything, well, I anything else before we uh, sign off and let Kirk get back to his Nyquil? <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Oh, come on. You're a superhero? Yes. Sure you are. Let me guess. That's your magic briefcase. No, it's actually a normal briefcase. All right, fine. Show me what you got. But it better be cool. This hot stuff. Of course, you're cool. Woohoo! You don't happen to be any relation to. Yeah, the Hulk's my cousin. It's good enough for me. Do you mind letting me down? My hero. Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S.com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and Burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gottagetburned at gmail.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. 
Until next time, this has been Third Degree Burn. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs>